0: All right, college basketball fans. Evil Bald Colin, how you doing, man? Let's start with that. Are you are
1: you living? Are you okay? I'm living. My pool's not living very well right now, though. My uh, conference tournament pool.
0: Yeah. Explain that, because no one knows what the heck you're talking about, because the only pools that people do are regular March Madness pools, which that's because part they're of not why we're crazy. here to tell you to do more than just that.
1: Well, I mean, we're crazy. That's why we do it. We're mad about hoops. <laughs> right. But we, we picked the... The champions and the runner-ups of all 32 conferences, and as you would expect, we're going to be aw- We're going to be wrong more times than we're going to be right in this thing because there's just going to be so many upsets in this little, the little tournament. And we've already seen it with Arch Madness. Is the number one seed has already been dumped. Northern Iowa, who was a, in a lot of people's minds a team that was vying for an at-large spot, is now in the fate of the committee because they lost by 21 <laughs> points. The Drake, a team they just beat by twenty-seven two weeks ago. I told you, man. It's didn't, ridiculous. Didn't, aren't I? I'm,
0: I'm telling you this as you have gone through your little uh, Google slash Excel spreadsheet. That is is These things are so cool. The technology we have to share the stuff with friends to do these pools because they update in a split second. You don't even have to click a save button. You start typing, and then it goes into the Google sphere, and then it's good to go. It's awesome. But you got to stop just going with the chalk for these things. If anything, small conference tournaments, they get crazier. I mean, if you think about it, the Power 5 conference tournaments, they will get a little crazy. It's only going to be... Amplified when you take it down to a smaller level. Like to think of a Drake
1: type of team going on a little. I mean, they're a 19 win you know basketball what? Shame team. Shame on us, though, because we just saw this last year with Arch Madison. Bradley made the run as a. I think they were like an eight seed. Bradley, or baby. Seven seed, something the like fighting that. Fighting
0: Hersey Hawkins. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you got to go for the Bradley Braves. One of the worst basketball memories in my life was yes. getting in a car. I'm a senior in college. I chose to go to Kansas, right, because of the broadcast school. One of my best friends from Virginia went out there, so I knew somebody. I had family. And, of course, the basketball program. That was probably the reason number one, journalism school, along with the basketball program to cover and pay attention to. And my final two years, which were Bill Self's second and third year, He lost in the first round, which is just something that's unfathomable right now. The Jayhawks losing in round one because they're basically a one seed every year. They lost to two mid-majors that start with the letter B. Do you remember the first one that Bill Self lost to? The Buckeyes have seen him in the last couple of years. They're a Patriot League squad. They're from this region. Bucknell. Bucknell, baby. Bucknell. I think they had the, uh, oh my God, the guy that Bucknell had... Played in the NBA for a little bit. They had a big dude that had a cup of coffee in the NBA.
1: But the second team, I know a big dude that had a cup of coffee, but he's probably a little bit young.
0: It's the yeah. There's another guy too. Muscala, still there. Yeah, Muscala was the one for Bucknell more recently. But then the second year. I got in a a car full of college kids. We're all going out there. We drove from Kansas to Detroit because that's how mad about hoops we were, right? We're going to do whatever we could do to cover the Jayhawks in the NCAA tournament. Even if we didn't have a travel budget, we'd get in somebody's SUV and drive 11 hours or whatever. We even stopped in Indy while I had the 24-hour flu, but everybody else wanted to go to a Pacers game on the way back at... Canseco Fieldhouse at the time, and I'm throwing up in the uh, medical room all game. That's how horrible this trip was. And, of course, Jayhawks lose to the Bradley Braves in a 4-13 or a 3-14 game in Detroit. And I remember Iowa got upset by Northwestern State at that site.
1: That's right. That was the other one that I was sitting
0: there, so... I didn't know uh, our our friend here at the fan by the name of Chops, who is a gung-ho Iowa fan, even though he went and paid money to go to Ohio State. I I didn't have that hatred for Iowa uh, by association yet. But we got a lot of quick things to get into. It's our second podcast in a few days. We got to set the table and tell you where to keep your eyes on the conference tournaments that end this weekend. There's so much bracketology stuff. There's senior days. There's big games all over the country. And... For our local fans, we got a couple more thoughts on Ohio State. And if you're some national listeners, I think the Buckeyes are a team that you do not want to see in March Madness. And we'll tell you why. Lock it right in. Quick breather. Do not go anywhere. We're just starting up. It's Mad About Hoops. Five to go. Lewis has been awesome. Let's it go. Inbounds Turner, left side of the backcourt. Turner crossed the timeline, throws it from high on the right. He, he makes it! it! He hit it He made it!
1: Made it! Turner! He hit it just inside of half court! Lanes on the other wing. He finds oh! it! Oh!
0: Oh! oh! Set it in, Jerome. Ha oh! <laughs> ha! College basketball! This is March Madness! Every time I listen to it, EBC, it just gets a little bit more intense and exciting. And, God, we got to find a way to bring Gus Johnson back to CBS, don't we? To the Turner slash
1: CBS family. It's been nine years since he's called a game in a tournament. Get this man involved. For God's sakes, get this man involved. He's big network's man. He's wanted to do it. He just hasn't had the opportunity.
0: Yeah, and I feel like
1: every—I
0: feel like half the games that you would pull up in the tournament— that have Gus Johnson making Just a fantastic call. Go right.
1: look at the best moments. Seriously. In a half of them. I feel like, though,
0: it's Kansas State, it's Xavier, it's Ohio State. Like, chances are it's going to be one of those three teams. That's funny you say that. But there was like a Jacob Pullen, Kansas State, big shot, or something like that. Gus Johnson seemed to be calling that game. I miss that guy. But, hey, for, for starters, Ohio State – Pulls off uh, two top 25 teams in the Big Ten, which is the conference that's going to take the most teams to the big dance. The Buckeyes improved to 21 and nine. They have a major shot to finish their season Sunday on the road in East Lansing, and they could wind up being a team that's ranked 13th, 14th, probably in the country, somewhere in that neighborhood, and might be moving. If they they pull that off,
1: absolutely. Might be
0: moving into the conversation of a three seed. With a chance to lock that up with if they go on a run in the Big Ten tournament and a lot of other high, you know, net ranking quadrant, whatever quadrant one neutral site games that are going to be on the table. So your thoughts on what Ohio State has now done winning nine out of 11 and they're sort of showing the country that they can win in a multitude of ways.
1: Whenever it gets to March, and I, I think our buddy John Rostin does it best, is we stick to cliches. And one of the biggest ones is, is you want to play your best ball late in the season. You want to play your best ball in March. The stats you just revealed right there, I mean, maybe outside the Villanova game, they're playing that best ball right now. And if you're telling me they have a range where they can be either like a 7 seed all the way up to a 5 seed, and there's a, there's a lot in front of them in the Big Ten tournament, but honestly... Seven's dead right now. I think. I, I think, I it think probably, six is the I, worst. I, I think it's six and five right now. Yeah, I think. That, I'm with you. I, I don't, I don't think the they exact. could
0: fall to a seven with what they are a 21-win team now, and nobody's going to hammer them if they lose to Michigan State. No,
1: of course not. I, I think that is almost house money.
0: It. I. I totally agree with you. How yeah. great of a feeling must that be for the Buckeyes? It's incredible to know that you've won nine of eleven. So even if you lose that game, which not many people will be expecting you, expecting you to win, I haven't looked at the lines on this one yet, but I would imagine that's probably a Michigan State by five and a half. It's probably I think, not too much I because think that's appropriate. Ohio State's a pretty good team right now. But even if you lose that, it's not like you are limping into the Big Ten tournament. Like Take a West Virginia, for example. They had the Ohio State stretch late in their Big 12 season. They just lost six out of seven games, which is what Ohio State did earlier on I'm with you. It all ends as equal with what the selection committee is going to look at. Mm-hmm. But you as a team, you'd obviously be playing better ball late in the season and take that into your conference tournament and feel good about
1: yourself. Sam, we're guaranteed 11 wins in conference play in the regular season. Like, you wouldn't have here, imagined We're it. sitting here five weeks ago wondering no. if
0: we can even get the 500. You wouldn't have imagined it. Uh, no,
1: not a chance, no. man. After that stretch we're, in January, we were down in the dumps. And first off, I feel like i got to do one of those, like, social media like notes app apologies to CJ Walker because what he's doing right now right, is making right. me look bad because I was there's was a point where I was just like I don't know if he can be the guy at point that can run things and make them play to their potential but man that has been wrong because while he didn't fill up the stat sheet in terms of his shooting percentage against Illinois it's just all the other things he does in the game right now is exactly what you need and I thought this in my head watching the game last night is he's making the leap that I think Keyshawn Woods made last year during that second half of the season
0: yeah I mean, how good was Keyshawn Woods if he didn't have a couple oh, of his games important. like the Indiana game? The Buckeyes don't get into the tournament, and you know, for for a guy like CJ Walker, it just it might take a little bit longer to click in than you would want. But my goodness, is it happening at the right time for Ohio State? Where he got it all done from the free throw line. That's another thing. This is a team that is deadly when they get to the free throw line, so they can. They can go through swells where they're th- they're one of the best three-point shooting teams that you're going to come across. There's that. And when it doesn't go, Caleb Wesson goes in and has his best game of the season finishing through contact. And that was against a team you're really not going to find a bigger center. And also the way that their bigs defend, that's the key with this team, because other than Luka Garza... Some of the more talented bigs have come up against Ohio State and they've been shut down. Yes. Kofi Coburn, he was non existent in that game for Illinois. That's the seven foot, 290 pound guy that you got to worry about.
1: Yeah, you nailed it right in the head. The biggest thing I saw and what I needed to see last night is how is this team finally going to respond to a team that's bigger than them in the post by a substantial margin? And we saw that last night because Caleb was using his athletic ability impressively from the perimeter, and he was taking drives on, on Coburn, and he couldn't do anything about it. I think that's the one thing that Caleb has to use is, while he's undersized compared to the other guys. He has better athleticism than most of them. And if he can use that with you know, conservative dribbling and doesn't get out of control, sure. he's fine, and he
0: can do well. He's really improved his athleticism. For folks that don't know him, yes. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna see the Ohio State profile if your favorite team goes up against him in the NCAA tournament, and they'll immediately point to Caleb West and the big guy. He was pudgy. I mean, <laughs> dude was really he wasn't a soft basketball player. Just look at the his body was soft yeah. and pudgy, and every year from freshman to sophomore, it got a little bit better. From sophomore to junior here, it got a lot better, and it's just his overall stamina, and it's the smarts that he plays with because he has been. Judged and refed differently because of his size. It's just different for the big guys. You know that. The way that you like touch a guy, a guard can touch a guy the same way that a guy that's 6'9, 270 touches a guy, and it's one's a foul and one's not. And I thought the two early calls on him last night oh, it was were ridiculous. just BS it was ridiculous bullshit, man. Total bullshit. <laughs> it was it was crap. I'm. It really pissed me off to watch those fouls, especially, and it shouldn't be this way, but sometimes it should. If you're the best player on a team and you're the home team, you better make sure that that second foul that early in the first half is yep. deserved. He literally did not touch the driver. He went straight up and there was no contact.
1: Unbelievable. That game is, and I hate blaming officiating, but I, I do want to over- analyze it they a little took bit. The, they from, they from made the game less fun they early did, on. There was... I think it was, what, 18 fouls with, like, 12 minutes into the game or something like that? You're right. Like, and yeah, right. I mean, you're right. Bionish Vili had three fouls within the first 11 minutes. It was happening on both sides of the court. I think they overmanaged the game in the first half and then kind of let them play in the second half, which, unfortunately, refs tend to do in certain situations. But at the same time, you got they did a very good job of overcoming it. And the, When I say this, Caleb was very smart in how he handled playing with two fouls. I think that's one of the first times I've really seen Holtman let him play extensively late in the first half with two fouls. Meanwhile, Underwood was being he was overmanaging his big man. Once they got sure. a foul, he yeah, were gone. He would yank Coburn yep. out, throw yep. Bionishvili back in there. But
0: Coburn is also not a guy you can trust, like you can trust to Caleb Wesson. He's Especially a true freshman. A freshman. Yeah. He doesn't know exactly what he's doing down there. You saw him get rushed with some of his low post moves. He was only two for five in the ballgame. Seriously, you look at the numbers here. And Caleb didn't take that jump in scoring for the Buckeyes like a lot of people thought he would. But for him to be a 14-10 and 10 guy, there's only three other guys in the Big Ten Conference that can say they're 14-10 and 10 guys. And that's Luca. And I use the old tool. Caleb, last time I looked, he was 9.6 rebounds. So that <laughs> hits the bill. When you're .5 or above, you're told in math to round up, right? So there's Caleb, there's Luca Garza, there's Oturu, and there's Sticks, the other guy from Maryland yep. who thought that Caleb was a bully in that game. And we got this <laughs> whole thing with Mark Turgeon and Chris Holtman that wouldn't die, and we hope we see him in the Big Ten tournament somehow. But he's he's impressed me by his minutes played, his lack of fouling, his ability to hit the glass, and his ability to play defense.
1: Well, I want to say, we we talk, and I want to use a football reference to maybe some out there where we were talking about Chase Young late in the season. He was getting triple teams sometimes. You know, they were putting tons of attention on Chase Young. Totally. And I was at the game for the Illinois game, and it seems like those two big guys, when they had Janis Vili and Coburn in at the same time, they were focusing hard on Caleb Wesson. And I think that's why he doesn't need to be a guy that scores. 21 points a game for Ohio State to be dependent on it because he takes away enough of the attention of the defense. It gives our perimeter guys who, by the way, best three-point shooting team in the conference. They didn't play that well from behind the perimeter last night. But it gives the team... Opportunities for open looks, and I mean, we've proven it all season long that they can knock them down when called upon. So
0: there's your Ohio State segment from your local guys right here. And seriously, when you're filling out your brackets, I would I would strongly consider look at the look at the map and the path that they'll have. Yes, strongly consider moving them into the Sweet 16 because I think that this program is due to get back. They were a mainstay there for four straight years with Thad Mata. I mean, five out of the ten years that Thad had him in the tournament, they. of the time, they were at least to the Sweet 16, and as you know, there was a title run there, there was a a second Final Four trip, there was another Elite Eight trip where they actually got stymied by Wichita State, the shockers of all teams stopped them from going on, but right now I looked at Joe Lenardi's latest Bracketology, which he updated as we're recording here on March 6th, and he had Ohio State moving up as a five seed, but to me, they have the most difficult draw as a 5-seed because they would possibly have to play a 4-seed Oregon in Spokane. If you just map who the 4 would be if they win in the first round and where it would be played, BYU would get to play in Tampa against Wisconsin. So Wisconsin's way out of their element. And Butler would get to play Maryland in Greensboro. Oh, that horrib-
1: such a fun matchup, not, though. Not horrible for Maryland
0: sure. fans to get down to Greensboro. That would be fun and a great place to watch ball. If you're... If you're in North Carolina, you're obviously thinking about getting tickets and just enjoying all the basketball that the Greensboro Coliseum sure. has to offer. Penn State would maybe meet Creighton, but that's all the way out in Sacramento. So no clear advantage for anyone. So, yeah, that's it. I just wonder if Ohio State can maybe play its way into some Cleveland action if they Oregon, just keep winning.
1: Oregon would not scare me. and I, I, I've been a big fan of Oregon. I actually had, had them in my preseason Final Four. I remember. But outside of... We Pr- remember. <laughs> outside of Pritchard... They've had some issues with the big men. They've had a lot of guys injured in the front court. There's not, really, there's not really a second guy you look to in that Oregon team that says, okay, I gotta take I gotta make sure I'm not overlooking or I'm too focused on Pritchard because this guy's gonna kill me. They really don't have that. So actually, out of that list of the fours and fives, I'm okay if that would be the draw that Ohio State got. A little bit,
0: a little bit with you there. A little bit surprised that Oregon is viewed. I mean, they're twenty three and seven, though. Twenty three and seventeen, so they got the really pretty looking record. But again, they got
1: some bad losses on their their resume. There's still this thing with the with the Pac twelve. Well, that's one. This, we t- this is where my facts. This is where my facts going to come in because looking at the net rankings, the last place team, Washington, is a net ranking sixty two. Your first place team, UCLA, seventy six. They tied are, for first. <laughs> well, tied for first. Right, but that just tells you how funky the Pac twelve is.
0: It is funky. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there that wonder, does the Big Ten deserve all this credit as a conference? Yes. We can just go into that. We can take a quick breather. We got a few conference tournament finals to get you ready for. They're not the big boys, but the small guys, they all matter. Guys like us, we think it's just mad fun, crazy fun. So a quick breather. We'll have a lot more here. Well, we'll give you 10 more minutes here. This will be a relatively short one. We don't want to crush it because we're going to do a lot more of these podcasts from here on out. So a lot more. Little bit more mad about hoops.
1: Seems like every year before the tournament starts, we always like to debate who's the best conference. Who's the the best? You got the Big East versus it's pretty much the Big East versus the Big Ten this year. And while I, I have two teams, one in each of these conferences that I love dearly, I think without a doubt. And I think we'll see it in the tournament when it comes tournament time. The Big Ten is the superior conference.
0: You know, the way that I look at this is pretty simple. We have all of these guys that are called... This is not an end-all, be-all. But to end discussions like this where people want to say, why is the Big Ten getting all this love? Because when you go and look, look at conference standings and you look at win-loss records... It's easy to find a bunch of conferences that are that look similar, right? Sure, that look similar in that regard. I have the Pac-12 pulled up right now, but you're going to hit me with something, and I look and I see Oregon, UCLA, Colorado, USC, Arizona, Arizona State, Stanford, all above 500 in conference play. 23 and seven, 19 and 11, 21 and nine, 21 and nine, 20 and 10, 19 and 11, 20 and 10, and then it takes a nosedive starting at California and then going on to. Uh, Washington, which is crazy, because Washington was supposed to be this really good team, right? And they a bunch just, of freshmen. Just I think they're about a year away, map. but yeah, but they had some some super talented freshmen. And you know, you could couple that with the Big Ten's standings, conference and overalls, and some of the some of the win loss records would be somewhat somewhat like that. There's no there's no like three loss team. You know, there's no juggernaut. Maryland's having some issues here in the end, but Michigan State's rising up. Here's what I th- here's what I say, though, you have all these guys that are told to vote in the AP poll, right? All these basketball people. and while everyone else might say, "Oh well, I would do a better job voting than than this guy, I know you are sitting right there and you actually you actually <laughs> judge how the voters do. There's websites that track that and show who they favor and who they don't favor. and they might not think anything of it, but it's just what the algorithms actually spit out and tell you about these individuals that vote. But I can't sit here and say, we've all been agreeing from early on in the non-conference what these Big Ten programs have done. And then when they all started to drift into their conference play. Sure, they're going to have some wins and they're going to have some losses. But what those teams had done and proven in the early season in the non-conference, that sort of matters. That sort of matters. And I think you're also looking at analytics a little bit. You're also looking at net rankings, which is a ranking system that takes a closer look at some analytics. There's Ken Palm ratings that are out there that does all of that. Seems to me that the Big Ten just simply has the edge on all the other guys. It doesn't mean every other conference is trash,
1: but Big Ten, they're the guys this year. I think people really can't come to grips with the fact that they just a conference can beat up on each other. and I think they don't really realize how balanced it really is. That's what
0: people say. I mean, why is their conference any different than ours? I mean, why does the ACC seem to be so bad? Because you suck. You know it, too. You're you're, You're an ACC fan. You know it. You've seen your conference be a lot better. You don't have really any dangerous
1: teams outside the very top. Your eighth-place team has just, uh, in the early season non-conference, on a neutral court, beat Gonzaga by 18. Michigan did that. Michigan, yes. Michigan. Like th- this conference is so balanced. I mean, we were even talking for a moment there. Minnesota, a team that's now under 500 on the season, you know, took two games from Ohio State, took Minnesota to the wire. I mean, and they have Daniel aturu who's going to be considered a lottery pick. Like, don't you think? Just because they're but Louisville, just they're not, but
0: Louisville beat Michigan. Evil. Well, Louisville beat Michigan.
1: Louisville is about as Jekyll and Hyde as they come. But the point of the matter of fact is, is that you can be so good. Like the bottom is there's a clear separation between 13 and 14 and the rest of the conference, and then the rest of the conference is really not a huge gap. But then when we've seen them go out and play other teams in other conferences in the non-conference, the Big Ten stacked up pretty well. They did really well against the Big East and they did really well against the ACC. Michigan, for all, I mean, it was a 10-point game with Creighton, but they dominated that game. And Creighton's supposed to be some two-seed, three-seed on the verge? Like, there is evidence out there that this conference is steps above these others that we're debating about but people just don't want to go look at the results. They want to look at and see your first place team is 13 and seven in the conference.
0: Big East is a high level conference in my opinion. And it's, it's different because they don't have the the number of teams to sure. equate. But even if, you know, as I'm looking at it again, even if you want to go with one of the old fashioned, simple ones of just what the win loss records are, even then the big 10, which we know there's a lot more that goes into it. You have to watch these teams. You have to watch the players that are out there, how you think they could perform in March, how they are in different situations. But just boiling it down to the win losses, the Big Ten, I think, has 10 plus teams with 19 or more wins. The ACC has four, I want to say. Four. That's just it. Well, so if you're trying ACC to use them. Is really, bad this really, year. Right, really bad. Really, right. Really bad. Virginia, it took them forever. They're like 20, they were 21 and seven last time I looked, and they're the defending national champ. And it took them till just now to, you know, to move back into the polls. If they're a single lost team, because they didn't have anyone that they could play other than Duke with that popped up on their schedule to sure. rack up the big wins. And I think Virginia is they're they're straight up rolling right now. They beat, they've won seven, seven or eight games in a row, but they did lose the last time they played to Louisville, so they were hurt a little bit at getting back into the polls. So that's that's where it all comes down to me. Best best team. By the way, I had while we're talking about the Big Ten, I had a Luka Garza stat for you where ESPN Stats and Info had said, and this was, this was actually really, really old, and at the time, it was he'd scored at least 20 points in nine straight games, the longest streak by a Big Ten player over the last 20 seasons. Think Incredible. of all the players in that amount of time. Think of all the fantastic ball players that you saw roll through the league. How hard is it to score 20 points in it's a game incredible. in college hoops?
1: I do think their system helps a lot. They're a very hot, high, fast-paced, high-octane offense that wants to put up 80-plus points every single night. That does help, but at the same time, you got to look at the efficiency numbers and what he's doing, and it's astronomical, and it, and it coincides with what his stats and that stat specifically says. It's not just that they're a high-octane offense that plays no defense. It's that he's just super efficient around the hoop. And quite honestly, we talk about as a league that has a bunch of fives that can play really, really well, they still can't stop him.
0: Yeah, he actually has scored 20-plus in every game since. So that would be at 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 in a row, I think. That's incredible. 15 in a row that he's been uh, 20-plus. So uh, the dude is, dude is ridiculous. So here's what you got to look at coming up this weekend. We'll have, we'll have a ton of stuff, just a ton of stuff when we get into the work week next week. Like we said, it's a, it's a happy Friday right here as we're rolling on March 6th. You've got the big South, the Atlantic sun, arch madness, which is our friends at the Missouri Valley that we were watching in the office today with Northern Iowa Going up in smoke. Bye bye. Take your 25 and 5 and have a nice life. <laughs> and Sunday, sorry, sorry, those three end Sunday Arch Madness, Atlantic Sun, Big South. Tomorrow, we got another thing ending Mountain West. Mountain but, West Championship tomorrow. Utah State Aggies, Sam Merrill in the bunch. It's either going to cut the Nets, it's
1: either going to be the matchup everybody's or going San Diego to for. Or it's gonna be Wyoming in the Cinderella story that's gonna shock everybody. I I don't I mean I don't expect Wyoming to win this game tonight, but I'm definitely tuning into on Saturday if they do. You got any plans for the weekend? Well, to get I, out I and do. soak
0: in some basketball.
1: I do want to go to the Butler Xavier game. I mean that's pending. Knock on wood. Hopefully the Buckeyes win tonight. But if they do, I will not be able to go to that the women's team. Um, but. I was also considering, if I didn't go to that, the Georgetown-Dayton game, but I saw the ticket prices for that are astronomical.
0: GW. GW. You're wearing the hat right now. Yes.
1: Very specifically tickets, for this weekend. You
0: could get in to the Butler-Xavier game at Cintas Center, which is what I'm going to go to. Mm-hmm. Big, big game. I hope, I hope it works out where you can get down there, too. And I've never been to one of the brick-and-mortar Montgomery Inns. So... <laughs> I think I'm going to go to the original Montgomery Inn, which is a Cincinnati rib joint. If you've never never been, you got to make a trek down there. There's one right off I-71 on the way in. The game's not until 8.30. And you talk about just a good, fun Big East basketball game, senior day for the Xavier crowd, and it's a big game for both. Mm-hmm. Big game for both these guys. Butler's solidly in, but Xavier is a little bit on the bubble right now. Seen to be in, but a little bit bubblicious. So before the Big East tourney, they need to – go and get a big win at home to feel a lot better. That's a team I wouldn't want to see. So it's great, man. Ribs and March Madness? Are
1: you kidding me? I'm I'm stoked. I'm excited for the weekend. Yeah, it's... This week specifically is always really strange because you got the major conferences just finishing up their regular season, and then you have the highs of the smaller tournaments finishing up their conference play. So it all comes to a head right there. It's going to be a wild weekend just to follow that. And then... As dessert, we get the big conferences next weekend, and then beautiful. next Sunday, we get the show. Next Sunday. God,
0: I cannot believe that. I can't believe it's here. March 15th, Selection Sunday. Yeah. We don't have a lot of time to prepare ourselves for that. Next week, it's here, and then it's like, it's great. Tuesday, you better be ready because Dayton's hosting games. Get the brackets get the brackets done. Yes. Don't delay on getting the brackets done because no. Thursday at noon really comes up and bites you in the ass. You have to be ready for it. It's, so I, I'm, I'm so stoked. It's
1: a roller coaster. I mean, those first two days are just up and down, up and down for oh, yeah. 48 hours. There's, there's no break. You love it, but at the same time, it's like you got to just sit back and just enjoy it.
0: All right, we're going to be able to break down some of the major conference tournaments. Next week. And also we'll start getting some of those tickets punched by the little guys and we'll get to dissect them and see if there's any threats there with some of those little guys that get that get in. Are there a couple that we think are going to win games in the NCAA tournament? Everybody get your rest sleep. Maybe, Until uh, 10, 11 in the morning, so you can stay up until midnight, 1, 2 a.m. to watch all the West Coast basketball that's going on. You've just got to pay attention. Got to work a little bit harder (laughs) this time of year. So we'll see you guys next week. Hope you enjoyed it. It's Mad About Hoops.